Uh, good evening, Raj. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Good. First order of business, are you drinking a beer, and what kind is it? Bass. Bass, huh? What do you got, like a case of that you're drinking? No, but that's what they have at the liquor store. What? They- well, it's not even the liquor store, it's the uh, gas station. They don't have anything else? Well, they do, but nothing interesting. Huh. I hope that ankle crack didn't go over the air. I didn't hear anything. Oh, good. You, you know what I'm drinking tonight? Give uh, you, no. I'll give you two guesses. It's in a short, stout bottle, and it's uh, made out west. When you say a stout bottle, does it mean a, a bottle that contains stout? No. A short, stout bottle made in the west. Actually, in Chico, California. Chico. Mm-hmm. Well, that would that sounds like a Sierra Nevada to me. It is. It's a Sierra Nevada anniversary ale I'm having. Oh. Yeah. So, sounds interesting. It's very. Uh, it's actually very tasty. It's got a nice hoppy, uh, hoppy uh, character to it. Um, and it's it's uh, bolder, more robust, I'd say, than their pale ale. Nice. I'll have to look for that. It's. Uh, Tasty. I was just trying to read. Uh, it's an uh, anniversary ale, 1980 to 2008. I guess that's their their 20, 28th. 28th anniversary ale. <laughs> wow, 28 years old. That's a good beer, though. One of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. I didn't find out about it 28 years ago, but wow, it's going back <laughs> quite a ways, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to were... be at least 10 years. What? Sierra Nevada? Yeah. We just looked right here at a brewery's 28 years old. Yeah, but I'm saying I didn't find out about it 28 years ago. Oh, no, I found no. out about it maybe 10 years ago. Uh, I do have a cool animal fact for this episode, which we can start off with first. Already? This isn't quite as extreme as the last one, which was the uh, the Megalodon bite pressure, which was quite incredible. This is something that you... I think you're fond of these critters. In fact, we were talking about them once during one of the casts. Uh, A penguin can jump six feet into the air. This I did not know. Me neither. I mean, I knew they can jump because I've seen video of them jumping off the ice into the water. Yeah. I I didn't know they can go six feet. And I'm not sure if that means like out of the water or standing on land, shoot, jumping up in the air because they got little feet, you know? Not little feet, but uh, short, wide feet that are more adapt, adapted little to uh, swimming. <clears throat> short legs, what? They don't have little feet, but they have little legs. Little legs, yeah, and, big, and wide flipper-like feet. Yeah. What kind of penguin is it, does it say? It did or not say. penguins in it general. It said that penguins can jump six feet in the air. Let me go do a quick uh, Google, and I'll see if I can uh, confirm the type of penguin. Ah, oh, the wonders of the internet. Did you, uh, have you uh, managed to gather any uh, news while you were there, surfing uh, around? No, I already told you, I couldn't find anything interesting. Oh, well, I found a couple of things. I've got very little to contribute this time around. Oh, boy. Well, hopefully we can have it. No, it just says penguins can jump six feet. That's it. It doesn't say what type of penguin. All right, here's a, here's a, here's a nice list of interesting uh, animal facts. A common garden worm has five pairs of hearts. I think I learned that in elementary school. Yeah, that's why you can cut them and both halves will continue to survive. The lifespan of a taste bud is 10 days. A taste bud? Yeah. I just killed about 
4,000 of them before when I was eating my hamburger. I put some hot sauce on it. Holy crap, that last bite was murder. My top lip was actually perspiring. Well, did you know that uh, when something tastes hot, it's actually pain that you're feeling? You're, I think it was the, the taste buds actually dying, right? That I didn't know, but uh, I know that it's actually it's a sens- sensation of pain that gives you the uh, hot taste. Yeah. It's, it's the nerves uh, being fired at their max, <laughs> just burning themselves out, basically. And that's that sensation you're feeling when the, when you taste hot sauce or something. It's actually such a such a harsh substance that it uh, kills the uh, the nerve endings or or cells of your taste bud. We could do a whole podcast on taste buds. I think. I don't know about that. Oh boy, here's a kind of a gross one. Texas horned toads can shoot blood out of the corner of their eyes. Oh yeah, quite a distance too. Lovely. It's a uh, defense mechanism. I don't know. Have you ever been how it's supposed to uh, be defensive? You know, is the thing they're squirting it out it's supposed to think that oh, it's dead or whatever, or oh my god, right. it's shooting blood at me, I'm bleeding. Uh, that I don't know, but it, it is a defense mechanism. Yeah. Have you ever uh, have you ever been shot with blood from a horned uh, a Texas horned toad? Uh, no, I've never been to Texas to mess with a, a horned toad. Okay. Well, we should have. We should. Uh, we should take a trip sometime. Oh uh, yeah, right. I'll put that on my list of things to do. You don't want to go to Texas? I didn't say that. I just oh. don't want to go to Texas to get squirted by a, a horned oh, toad. Well, I don't mean. I don't mean the toad, but we could go take a take a road trip to Texas. No, maybe not a road trip, but that would be a little bit of a drive from you. And then we'd have to do some. Uh, we'd have to drink some Lone Star beer. Exactly. I would like to go to, you know, I don't really care about going anywhere else in Texas except maybe uh, Amarillo and Galveston. Why, because they're in songs? Maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe it's because the song Galveston by uh, Glenn Campbell is, a, a, you know, tugs at my heartstrings. I don't know. I would like to go to Galveston, Texas because I hear it's pretty there right on the, on the shore of the Gulf, you know. I want to ask you, being in Florida... Are you afraid of like getting hit by the big one? I mean, how, what are your what are your feelings on on hurricanes and and severe weather down there in Florida? Because I mean, Florida is like you're sticking right out there. You guys could get have been walloped, and who knows? I mean, it's kind of scary, isn't it? it? Would be scary for me. Well, yeah, I'm I get nervous a little bit, but uh, I don't worry too much about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm in an area that has been. Uh, lucky where storms have hit all around and uh there have been storms that come in co- go all around us and don't hit us but sooner or later the tampa bay area is gonna get hit yeah but isn't it weird uh maybe there's something about the the coastline and the way and where you're situated situated where you guys are situated in the the armpit like where we're right on the edge where it starts to curve up and over to the panhandle I'm not up that high. Well, you're closer than down in the tip, which always gets pummeled. Well, they get hit north of us, too. Ah, what the hell do I know? The panhandle's the one that got nailed in this last storm. South of me and north I of got... me did. All I got was some wind. Yeah, but still, maybe it's maybe it's that area where you are that's not conducive to uh, a storm track. I don't know. Well, then again, like I said, I'm not a meteorologist. I actually didn't say that. I just did then. Like I just said, I'm not a meteorologist. Um, a goldfish's memory span is three seconds. I would like to argue with this, 
because every time I walk past the fish tank, they think I'm going to feed them. Yeah. They've got to remember something. Yeah, I, I disagree with that also. Hmm. You walk anywhere near a, a tank or a pond that's got goldfish in it, and right away they want to eat. Now, why are they now, relating to your appearance there to wanting to eat if they're if they forgot, you know, three seconds after you fed them last time? Exactly, because without a memory, they would only rely on instinct, and instinctively, they're not fed by humans. Instinctively, they would go away from you, not toward you. Exactly, and they would, and they would, they're they they're not fed by humans in the wild. So why would a goldfish that that forgot something after three seconds bother coming back up when it saw a human? It would. It only comes up to you because you fed it before, and it knows what to expect. That I would consider a memory. Yeah. Now I don't know how they're even testing this stuff, but there and I think further proof that that's an old uh, what do you want to call it uh, rumor or wives' tale or whatever is the guy that actually trained his goldfish. I saw it on the news. This guy uh, had trained his goldfish. Ring a bell, I think. Well, it does a couple different things. It actually it actually limbos underneath a stick sideways and then swims up and gets a treat it slaloms through some obstacle like cones or something he sets up on the bottom of the tank and then swims up to get a treat but every every time it does a trick it goes to get a treat and it can repeat the tricks so you're telling me that fish doesn't remember associate getting a treat with the tricks it's doing and it's got to remember how to do the stuff in order to uh get the food it's certainly not doing it by instinct of course not it's it's not just you know association associate association Associate, oh God, here we go. Association, which is a cause and effect, a a performance and a reward type of thing. Like I trained Dusty how to roll over or how to uh, sit. When I tell him to sit, he'll sit because he's used to after the command being given, getting some sort of treat or praise. Right for that. That's association. He's associating his action with the reward that he's anticipating. So he does it. Right. But it's also a memory. I mean, he remembers that, oh, if I sit when he tells me sit, he's going to pet me or he's going to give me a treat. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's an old wives' tale that fish, in fact, I've heard variations. I've heard that goldfish don't remember anything longer than a second or a minute. Now, it's three seconds on this website here. I don't, you know, I think it's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, web, uh, web busters? No, Mythbusters did a... Uh... A segment on the same thing. Okay. You know, they heard that uh, goldfish have a very short memory. What was so one of the things they were, were doing was training the fish to go through an obstacle course. Really? For food. How the hell did they figure that out? Well, they made an obstacle course with in the tank with, you know, like sheets of plexiglass. Okay. And, like, and they would just, just like a you know, paint maze. around the opening so that the fish would see where the opening is. And they would put the fish in one side of the tank and the food at the other side of the tank, and they'd have to go to the obstacle course to get the food. Hmm. Now, they only had a few days to do this, you know, because of recording schedules and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, they were able to do it to a degree, which proved that the fish, you know, have a memory. Yep, yep. If given more time, they would have been able to do more elaborate things with it. So, so they, they, to their satisfaction, proved that fish do, in fact, have a memory. Goldfish. Right. Goldfish have a memory longer than three seconds, at least, and and long, yeah. you know long enough to remember to do this thing from day to day. There was an experiment with cuttlefish. You've heard of cuttlefish, right? Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head what they are. Cuttlefish are amazing fish. These things intrigue me, no end. Um, are first, they the ones that bury themselves in the dirt? I think they can. 
but there's also an iridescence to their body. They have the same type. You know, a chameleon can change <clears throat> colors by its brain tells the skin cells what to, what color to change to, what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. These fish can put on like a a, ver- a virtual light show with their skin luminescence of their scales. I'm not. I can't. I mean, I, I I've never studied it, so I can't explain. I don't remember how, the show I was watching, but they showed cuttlefish sitting there trying to like for like mating rituals or whatever, trying to attract the mate. Or even trying to threaten, to look threatening, they'll put up their their gills, like they'll stick their fan their gills out, and their fins will turn sideways, and they'll look like a lot bigger than they are. Meanwhile, there's this whole light show of like light and dark, and all psychedelic looking uh, variations of of color and, and glowing that happens on their their scales. It's amazing on their skin. You got to do a little YouTube search for cuttlefish and check it out. It is wild. But the other thing that was really interesting about, about the show I was watching is that these fish can also think. Not only do they remember, they also use logic. A couple of researchers had a tank. They had two exits to the tank. I can't really say exactly what the test was or how they got the fish to learn. But based on whatever image the person the person was holding in the uh, tank, when the cuttlefish was allowed to enter the tank, would dictate which direction it went to exit. There were two two exits. <clears throat> uh, one had like striped, a black and white striped pattern near it, and the other one had like yellow or something. And then the person had a card with a certain shape on or, or pattern on it. And depending on what the pattern or shape was, they trained the cuttlefish to know which exit was open. Hmm, that's neat. And the, they would have the cuttlefish out in the main tank, and someone would get the cuttlefish and kind of herd it over to the entryway. They would open the entryway, it would swim in, and it would swim straight ahead and look at the card, and then like it would go left and swim out of the hole. And if it had gone right, it would have bumped into the plexiglass covering over the hole. But it knew by looking at the initial design that left was open. That's cool. It was it was really wild. Obviously, they're pretty uh, pretty smart fish. Well, apparently they are if they can read directions. Something that human men are accused of not being able to do. Yeah, right. Cuttlefish. It's called a cuttlefish. C-U-T-T-L-E fish. And um, they're they're quite amazing. I went to YouTube and just searched. There's a bunch of videos on the cuttlefish. Kings of camouflage. They can actually make themselves look like their surroundings. Just like a chameleon. But these guys go one step further with actually having dynamic control of this and being able to create patterns and color variations on their on their body. It's wild. See, when you mentioned the cuttlefish, I was thinking of, uh, I think it's a lungfish. Okay. They're, they lungfish. live in, in lakes. And they'll be, you know, like in, uh, we'll say a desert where uh, you have your rainy season and then it's dry. And what happens is uh, these fish bury themselves in the dirt. They can, they surround themselves in like a, a mucus. And then when the water dries up, they're in this dried, cracked earth. And they go into like a, a type of hibernation. Holy crap. And, w- and when the rainy season comes again, they come up out of the dirt and start swimming around in the water. And then they can eat and stuff. And then, and then when the water starts drying up, they bury themselves again they actually like have they can actually move 
right along the surface. Oh, that I don't know. They don't have like they don't have like fins. I'm looking at a picture of one right now, and it, they actually look like they can walk on land with these like lobed type of fins. They're funny looking. They look like eels. Yeah, mudskippers are like that too. Where they have muddy uh... mudskipper. <laughs> well, not him. <laughs> well, why not? I used to he, ha- he was a mudskipper. I used to have mudskippers, and uh, they use their fins like feet too. They're kind of neat. Here you go. The lung is a modified swim bladder, which in most fish is used for buoyancy in swimming, but in the lungfish also absorbs oxygen and removes waste. Modern lungfish in Africa and South America are able to survive when their pools dry up by burrowing into the mud and sealing themselves within a mucus-lined burrow. Very good, Roger. Good research. Uh, that wasn't research, actually. That was just a uh, good TV I remembered. Watching. Yeah, good yes. memory. Hey, you're not a goldfish. What? You're officially smart. Did you say something? You officially got a better memory than a goldfish, right? I thought you said something, but I don't remember. Oh. During this time, they breathe air through their swim bladder instead of through their gills and reduce their metabolic rate dramatically. These fish will even drown if they are kept underwater and not allowed to breathe air. Holy crap, that's pretty cool. I've had my bladder swim at times, too. <laughs> Usually after too many beers. It's usually swimming by the end of recording a podcast. A, uh, a a goldfish, I've seen mine do this. They'll actually suck air, too. Right. They'll come up to the surface and actually suck in a, a mouthful of air because their gills can actually take the oxygen molecules out of air as well as water, so they just suck in the air instead. Did you know that a donkey will sink in quicksand, but a mule won't? That's got to be baloney. I mean, come on. No, I didn't know that because uh, I sometimes have trouble remembering what the difference is. Is it the ears? No, I think one is actually a... Uh, one's like a horse. And one's, a hybrid, isn't it? One's like a donkey is part horse, part mule, and a mule's a mule, right? Uh, I believe so. Or vice versa? But I'm not positive. I must have missed that on TV when I was watching about a lungfish. So let's see. The difference between a mule and a donkey. Strictly speaking, and sometimes you got to be strict with a mule... A mule is the offspring of a female horse, a mare, and a male ass, donkey, burrow. The offspring of a female donkey and a male horse is called a hinny. Hinnies are rare since the foal can be too large for the jenny to deliver safely. A mule became the term used for just about any sterile crossbreed. Mules do have gender. Males are horse mules. Females are mare mules. So there you go. Okay. I, we, I think we should get into horses on one episode, uh, Raj, because you had them and you had interest in horses. I'd kind of like to hear your stories about the horses. Okay. Now, bef- before we get on to the main topics, we'll do we'll do some quick stupid news. Okay. Um, which you said you didn't get any of, but I have I have a couple of funny ones here. Okay. Uh, burglars foiled by telltale trail of rice. Would they steal a sack of rice with a hole in it? <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, four thieves have been arrested after accidentally leaving a trail of rice for police to follow. They broke into a warehouse in the central Philippines, cutting barbed wire on walls before making off with four sacks of rice, a TV, and a tricycle. But they did not realize one of the sacks had a hole, which left behind a trail of telltale rice. Senior Inspector 
Danito Francisco said the four men were today charged with robbery after officers followed the rice to their home 450 meters from the warehouse. <laughs> oh, boy. you got to be a genius, huh? Yeah. Well, I, I've got a story that's, you know, similar to that. Um, it's not like recent because I saw it on television, but I like to watch uh, True TV, which used to be Court TV, and it's got a lot of the uh, police shows and whatnot. Right. Well, they have a program comes on every once in a while, the uh, World's Dumbest Criminals. And this guy, he goes into, uh, I don't even know what kind of store it was, but he goes in there to rob it. And he puts a gun to the woman's back and says, you know, give me all the money. And it turns out it was a staple gun. But, you know, naturally the woman didn't know it. So <laughs> she gives gives him the money. And, you know, it was like $100 or whatever. It wasn't a lot of money. Right. And um, they find out that he lives like right across the street. Because when he leaves this place, he goes next door. And he's going to change his clothes so nobody recognizes him. Goes into the restroom at this Ponderosa and gets changed. And he's comes walking out of the bathroom and everybody recognizes him because the guy was just there for a job interview. <laughs> so they call the police and the police, you know, they, they arrive and they see him going across the street to a house. <laughs> they go over there and they find out, you know, that's where he lives. <laughs> and they also find out the guy robbed a, a Wendy's a block away. I'm sitting there watching this. I'm going, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you're going on a crime spree on your block. <laughs> Don't you think people are going to recognize you? <laughs> but that's why that's why he's a dumb criminal. If I was ever going to do any kind of thing like that, I would go to the smallest little freaking nothing town, you know, <laughs> a couple states away or something. But yeah, but I mean, not know. right on your block. <laughs> uh, there's a bit of a sad story here: a baby born with two heads in Bangladesh has died. Well, that's pretty scary. Although I'm not sure that's such a bad thing. Uh, I don't know. Conjoined twins, you can separate them. A baby with two arms, you can maybe... A baby with two arms. We all have two arms. (laughs) Let me rephrase that. (laughs) A baby with an arm growing out of the chest, you can like remove that that appendage. Mm -hmm. A baby with two heads, you can't uh, like remove one of the heads. What, uh, how do you decide which one's going to go? I mean, which one's more alive than the other one? Uh, it, this is bizarre. It's almost, you'd almost say it's uh, a relief that nature took the baby. Yeah. But uh, it was born with two heads, and it was actually placed under uh, police protection because he caused such an interest among the locals after he was born in southwestern Bangladesh. He died from complications arising from fever and breathing difficulties. It is believed that the boy died because his parents were unable to transfer him from their hometown of Keshapur to a modern hospital in the Bangladeshi capital, Dhaka. Quick enough. Barry, the boy's name, no, the boy's name was Kiran. Barry was reportedly astounded as the who the hell's Bari? I don't know. Let me go back to the beginning of the article here. Oh, gynecologist Muhammad Abdul Bari was reportedly astounded as to the complexities of birth after it was born from one embryo. 
The daily newspaper Samakal said many well-wishers had left money for the baby's family in the brief belief that he was a god incarnate. You know that uh, the Hindu uh, gods, they have one with like 80 arms and they got one with like, you know, two heads or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately. Did you see uh, in the news the uh, cat with four ears? No. Oh, it was actually kind of cute. They named it Yoda. Because they said it looked like Yoda from Star Wars. But, um, you know, where a cat's ears normally are, just inside. It almost looks like it would have had almost five ears because it looks like there's the two ears in the front. The ear in the front could be kind of almost misshapen. That's a little oddity, isn't it? Yeah. Cute the, great uh, cat with four ears. The uh, two extra ears aren't functional. It's just, you know, the uh, skin flap like an ear. Right. But I think the cat's kind of cute. It is cute. Are they going to, did they surgically remove two of them or? No, they're not going to do anything to it. They're going to leave it just as is. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah, why not? Well, look when I had Teddy and the one ear got deformed. Left it as is. How did is. that happen? Uh, broke a blood vessel in his ear. And it just kind of flopped? Yep. But I don't know if you remember, it wasn't, you know, just floppy. It kind of stayed there. If you lift it up on his ear, it had resistance behind it. No, kind of like it had cartilage in there. I remember in the, sitting in your kitchen drinking beer and, and examining his ear one night. I'm sure it happened. I'm sure he enjoyed it. This cat is kind of cute. Oh, my parents. Hey, that is funny, though. My parents have a cat that's been hanging around outside their house. It was two kittens. Now there's only one. We think somebody may have taken one of them. We don't know where they came from. We, we're thinking maybe somebody dropped them off in the area. And uh, just kittens. And this thing's really? been hanging around. They're trying to find a, a shelter that will take the cat, and nobody will take it. All the shelters are full. It? Well, they don't want the cat. They already have a cat. Oh, that's right. Well, why don't you take it? Because I already have two. <laughs> if I didn't have two cats, have believe three. me, I would. I have three. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want a third cat. If I didn't have two, I, I would take it. Because he's a cutie. Speaking of cats, surfing dogs hit the beach. When you take a dog for a walk and throw its ball into the sea, you expect it to gamely paddle out, not body surf the waves like a pro. <laughs> this is from uh, metro.co.uk. That's when Mark Berry realizes Labrador's Branston and Pickle needed a board rather than a ball. The pair now share a uh, 2.1-meter, 7-foot board and can trim along the face of the wave after a push-off from fashion photographer Mr. Berry. <laughs> they got this brown, this chocolate lab standing on the surfboards, surfing <laughs> along. <laughs> it's got this. It reminds me of Boomer because it's just got that that duh look on its face. I can't remember the show I used to watch. It was you know one of those animal shows that I was so fond of. What's the lamp? But anyway, those amazing animals. I don't think back that was in the day. It. That was back in the day, back in the eighties or seventies. Oh, this is just a couple of years ago. I'm talking. And um, oh. the show was hosted by a guy, and he always had his dog with him. And he's going scuba diving one time, and he took the dog scuba diving. He had a helmet made up for him that he put over the dog's head. It had the air pumped in, and the dog went underwater and was swimming around. It was pretty cool. But like I said, this guy did everything. And I was, I was like, nah, he's not going to take the dog scuba diving. He did. I have one for you. This is going to lead us into our, uh, our main, main topic. Do we have one? We were going to go into uh, 
the fear of insects. Fear of bugs, spiders, uh, arachnids. Uh, uh. Well, as long as this talk is going on, that can actually be a separate episode. 